Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. We're recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. Of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed through all our various podcasting outlets. So as always, we thank you for joining us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things Always thank you guys for joining us, no matter how you guys join us. And we got a good show for you. Tonight, we will be joined by Dave Hastings, Eric Tressler, probably Eric Pfeiffer. Within a matter of moments here, we got a good show for you tonight. Um, Like I said, we got a lot to talk about tonight here. We got uh, another week of NFL action in the books here. And I have to look it up. Okay, so if you are still alive in your fantasy football leagues, Congratulations, you got the playoffs starting. Week 15 is right around the corner here. Week 14 in the books. We are coming to you a day late here, but that's okay. We're still going to put it out. And I will welcome in man recovering from a debilitating illness. Dave Hastings is here tonight. Dave, how you doing? Debilitating might be a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but I'm doing all right, Mike. How are you? I see you're doing all right. You're going with the company line. That's good. You could have played with that a little bit, though. I set you up there. You did. You did. I just didn't want to milk the pity party. Oh, nothing wrong with that. It's just you and me right now. You could have milked that. That would have been funny. (laughs) (laughs) But as I started to say, we got a lot to talk about. Week 14 in the books, NFL season. So we're going to talk about that. Oh, I will say this to get it off because we're going to talk some baseball here tonight as well. I will tell you, uh, everybody's been signed to multi-year contract. I have a 30-year contract at $3 a year to keep the average annual value down. Dave, you've been re-signed for a 60-year deal at $2 a year to keep that AAV down. Eric Tressler doesn't know it yet, but he's signed for a dollar a year for 90 years because we got to keep that AAV down because that's the big thing in baseball now. Sign everybody to as long as humanly possible. Keep that AAV down because that luxury tax is on everybody's ass. I know you've heard this, right? Uh, yeah, I, I've heard some rumors. Uh, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll take an extended contract. I'll take a guaranteed money for the remainder of my life. I'm okay with that. Cool. Fife and Fife and Schmelrose don't know it yet, but they're splitting a dollar for the next 150 years. So there's hey. that. And cousin, huh? And I. An extra 50 cents a year. I mean, you know, you, you used to be able to buy a pack of gum with that, but. Yeah, right? That was a long time ago. And Cousin David don't know it yet, but he signed for 200 years at 25 cents a pop. So he's going to be fine with that. <laughs> All right. But we'll get into that later. We got basketball to talk about. We got hockey to talk about there. Let's start with the NFL. And as we wait. For everyone to join us here tonight. All right. So we talked about it a little bit last week. The Cowboys did win this past week against the Houston Texans by a score 
Uh, well, we're not going to have a lot of time to talk about this one. Um, 27 to 23, um, uh, the Cowboys, yeah, they um, – they, they make what should be easy wins very hard. Let's break the news because uh, he's here right now. Eric Tressler is here tonight. Just renewed at a 60-year deal for $2 a year to keep that AAV down, as we talked about before. Eric Tressler, how you doing? Or, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Eric was only a dollar a year. You got $2 a year. I'm sorry, uh, Eric. I value Dave more. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I value Dave more too. I mean, yeah, he yeah. he is the driving force and the real heartbeat of the show. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm just happy he's well enough to be here with us tonight. So, I'm I I can live with that. Okay, I'm gonna try not to be personally insulted by that, but that's okay. I do agree with you, so that's fine. Uh, I, I what am I? The hands? Um. You're the, oh, you're thinking about this too long. You're the ass, I would say. You're you're that's the, not that's you're not the back nice. end of the show that pulls it all together. I mean, that was a nice recovery at the end. It didn't start out very nice, though. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Eric? I'm okay. Just realized I forgot dog food, though, so I gotta go out and get some dog food at some point to feed my buddy. Okay. Well. I tell you what, we're going to start with some football talk here. We're going to talk some baseball later. We'll talk some basketball later, hockey later, all that good stuff there. Um, before you came on, we were going to let um, – I was going to ask Dave's opinion about the Cowboys, quote, unquote, win. So if you want to do the dog food thing now while we're doing that, that's okay. No, no, I'm not – listen, there's really not much to say, though. A win is a win. you got to just be happy. They're not all going to be pretty. It was ugly, but be happy because it's a win, and you're still fighting for the division where the Giants will be looking to make the playoffs right now. So I'll let Dave take it away from there. But a win is a win at the end of the day. Don't be too hard on yourselves. Um, you, 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 see, the thing is, the Texans came in and tried real hard. And the Cowboys had talent, but they weren't really trying most of the game. And all of a sudden, they were like, shit. We're not actually going to lose these fuckers, are we? They actually tried a little bit, and it turned around for them. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the, the, the way the day went for them. I don't think it's that bad. You guys can discuss as Cowboy fans, but you guys are still my pick to win the division. Mm. What do you say, Dave? Well, I mean, the game started off exactly how they wanted to. Drove down the field. Uh, I think it was like an 11-play drive. Led to a touchdown forced the three and out, and then muffed the punt, gave Houston the ball inside the 25-yard line, led to a touchdown, and that's when Houston got hope and had faith and, and realized that they had a chance that they might be able to win the game. And if it wasn't for an amazing uh, defensive stand where inside of the, uh, you know, under five minutes left, they – shut down Houston and hold them to no points uh, with first and goal inside the five-yard line. Um, and then a 98-yard game-winning drive by Prescott and the offense. Um, you know, so if you take the first eight minutes of the game and the final five minutes of the game, uh, Dallas is exactly uh, what you want them, or as a Cowboys fan, what you want them to be. It, it's just the other, you know, 
50 or 45, 50 minutes of the game. That was really embarrassing. Um, but overall, like Eric so you're said, saying they were who you thought they were and you didn't let them off the hook. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, a win is a win. Like Eric said, they're not all going to be pretty, but you know, when you look back on the year, you're just going to, you're going to say, Hey, they won the game. Um, so all in all, uh, wasn't thrilled, uh, with, uh, how the game went. Um, but was quite happy with getting the, getting the dub and, and, you know, moving the 10 wins and first time since 95, 96 that, uh, Dallas has had back to back 10 plus win seasons. Um, so, you know, uh, a nice little, uh, caveat to, to them getting that win, but yeah, uh, you know, you take away the three quarters of the game and I'm pretty, you know, they were exactly what you want them to be and the rest of it, I'd rather just forget and move on. Well, here's the question I have, because I look at their schedule the rest of the year. Jaguars, eh. Eagles is the tough one. Titans, eh. Commanders, eh. I've been pretty clear that until this team can actually win a couple playoff games, nothing means anyway. The, the worry and the concern to me is, all right, they're waiting to, like, to, to wake up, and when they finally do wake up, then they're the team we thought they were what happens if they don't wake up late? That's a, that, that to me is a problem. And how many games can they go playing this way before it catches up to them? Well, I mean, odds have it. They're, they're basically uh, a lock to get a playoff spot, even though uh, they haven't clinched one yet. If they beat Jacksonville this week, they will clinch a playoff spot. So, mm. uh, you know, it, it, when it's all said and done, you know, we know this is Cowboy fans. It, it's, you know, what are they going to do when they're in the playoffs? So, uh, but their first game most likely is going to be a road game at probably either Carolina or Tampa Bay. Um, neither team really should strike the fear in anybody's heart, but I get not wanting to play Tom Brady in the playoffs, but I mean, that Tampa Bay team is just. They, they're just not good anywhere. Uh, I mean, you watch them this past week in San Francisco and uh, a, a rookie quarterback who really didn't even have any expectations of being on the active roster, let alone starting a game, uh, is now, you know, made Tom Brady look bad. He outplayed their – he just played great football against them. And so, uh, either way, when it's all said and done, what do they do in the playoffs? Can they, can they win – two playoff games or if they're lucky enough to win the division, you know, or well, yeah, either way, they got to win at least two. So they're not going to get a, I mean, they would have to, they might actually be able to get a buy if they win the division, but either way, they got to win at least two playoff games in one playoff setup uh, for Cowboy fans that feel a little bit optimistic about this team. Hmm. I mean, well said on that one. Eric, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this before we move off. No, we're good. Okay. I I'm going to leave it to you because normally this would be the point where I try to give you equal time here and we go to your team. I am sure because Fife is not here yet, you would want to save that. So you I mean, tell me. Save it. I mean, we could go to it. They're just they're not trying as hard lately. It's kind of sad to see. They're just, you know, they were they they seven weeks of the season, man. They gave it 110. Right now, they're giving it about 95, and it's just not enough. 
they have to give it 110 this weekend because this weekend is going to be deciding factor whether or not this team probably makes the playoffs or not. They're not going to be able to make the playoffs if they can't be Washington this week. I know statistically they won't be out of it, and they'll still have a chance, but, I mean, it'll really suck the wind out of the sails. They need a win bad here against the commies, and uh, if they can get that, <laughs> then I think they got they got a shot at making the playoffs probably at 9-7-1, which sucks. But that's where it'll probably be. Dallas is probably securely at minimum in the fifth spot. And really, it's between them and the Eagles for probably who's first and who's fifth. Um at come the end of the year. So I, yeah, I don't know. Giants are, uh, they're a bit disappointing lately. And it's kind of sad to see, but because I mean, they're one, four and one in the last six, not very good. Mm. That's not a team who's trying hard. And uh, especially when you get out, tried, you know, by the OG tryhards and the lions. Um, like I said, the tie it felt to me like they were playing for a uh, uh, they were playing for a tie in overtime, especially late when Dable didn't go for the fourth and three. I just want to see more fight out of this team. I hope I see it this weekend. I hope they get back to trying real hard again. And yeah, that's that's all I got for you. I'm a Giants right now until uh, we get some fight input later. Well, I'm I'm gonna turn it this way then. Because you keep saying that you think the the Cowboys will wind up winning the division. Here's my question, because I'm looking at Philly's schedule right now. It's the Bears this coming week, then the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, the Saints on New Year's Day, and then your Giants at the end of the season, January 8th. Unless the Cowboys win and the Giants are able to try real hard and pull off that last game, how do the Cowboys win this division? Because those are the only ways I see it. Because quite frankly, I think all three of us can admit they're probably going to mow through the Bears. And do we honestly think the Saints have a shot in hell at beating them? Not in Philly. If it was in New Orleans, I'd say there'd be a chance. But since it's in Philly, I, I don't think so. So I got to be honest. You guys really need to try hard that last week of the season. Otherwise, I don't see the Cowboys having a shot in hell. Uh, but, again, it would be a, a situation where maybe the Eagles want to rest some guys. If they do and they choose to go that direction, Giants can can get some – can possibly steal one there. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think it's far-fetched. If you guys beat them in two weeks from now, uh, you know, and – you know, listen, they could slip up. It could happen. I don't anticipate it, but I'm I'm still not going to count the Cowboys out. Like I said, I still think that they are – they're right there with the Eagles as far as talent in the division, and they're the top two teams by far. Uh, you know, like I said, they don't even have to try very hard. They have the talent. Um, and if they put trying hard with the talent, both of these teams could be Super Bowl contenders. Um, because again, it's a weak NFC in my opinion this year. So, I mean, your lips to God's ears on that one. Uh, to kind of go a little further out here, because you know we are entering Week 15, so it is time to look at the playoff picture and everything. If you look around the NFC, the Eagles right now they're in the driver's seat for that first seed here. Minnesota at ten and three. Then you got the Niners 
Brock played real party against Tampa Bay. So they got nine and four right now. They got the driver's seat for that NFC West. Amazingly, Tampa Bay is still in the lead for the NFC South at six and seven. And then you got the wild card race with Dallas firmly in control there. And then you have the Commanders, the Giants, the Seahawks. Eric, you sent the meme earlier tonight about Geno Smith regressing really fast, which I don't think anybody's really surprised about. But those are the four teams that really seem to, you know, be competitive for the wild card here. And nobody else really seems too close unless we really think the Lions are going to try hard enough that they shock everybody and make a wild card push here. Do you think that's going to happen? Or these are the four teams we're looking at competing for those final three spots. The four Dave, teams I'll start with you. Are. Oh, huh? Give me the four teams again. So you got the Cowboys at 10 and three. I don't think they're in. They're a lock. They're, they're a lock. in. They're in. Yes. I'll give you that one. Commanders and giants, both at seven, five and one. Then you got the Seahawks at seven and six. And then the lions to me are the ones with the outside shot. Like I don't think any team from the NFC South, I think the Cardinals and the Rams are both done at this point, especially with Kyler Murray going out for the Cardinals. The Lions are the only team with the outside shot there. Um, yeah, Lions have an outside shot. Winner of this giant Washington game is going to get in. Loser will be out. Um, so I think you're looking at a fight where can the Lions catch up to Seattle? And if it was a healthy San Fran team, I would probably say, yeah, maybe. But I, I don't know. I'd have to look at the rest of Seattle's schedule and the rest of the Lions' schedule to see how it played out. What do you think, Dave? Well, the schedule. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah, I'm, the, I'm, the, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that uh, while I let Dave comment on this. Well, I mean, I think uh, I think you got Dallas as the five seed. Um, I think you're gonna see Washington. I think it's gonna end up being Washington and Seattle um, being your your other two seeds. At what and that that loss to Seattle by the Giants uh, a couple weeks ago, I think is what's going to keep the Giants out because the, the Seattle had the tiebreaker and head to head. But then again, that tie for the Giants might actually work in their favor. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, but yeah, those would probably be the teams I expect. Hmm. All right. So I got the schedules here. The lions in MetLife Stadium to take on the Jets this coming week. In Carolina to take on the Panthers on Christmas Eve. At home to take on the Bears on New Year's Day. And then in Green Bay to take on the Panthers on January 8th. Whereas Seattle has to play the Niners in Seattle on tomorrow, actually, on Thursday. They are in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs on Christmas Eve. Oh, they are in yeah. They are in Midlife Stadium to take on the Jets January first, and then they close the season on January eighth <laughs> at home taking on the Rams. 
So Oof. my opinion, yeah, my opinion is the Lions actually have the easier schedule there. I think they have the easier schedule. It's just can they get it done, man? And if they keep trying hard, they're going to be a team that gets in at seven over the Giants, in my opinion. So they have the tiebreaker. Well, they won't tie. They won't. We won't be a tiebreaker because they they have a chance to out of their next four games. I think they could win three of them. Yeah, I I think they can get to ten wins. Right? They're seven and six right now, or six and seven. Six and seven. I don't think they run the table. I don't think they get 10 and, wins. That gets them to nine and what? Nine and nine and eight. Nine and eight. <laughs> yeah, that, that tie might actually work in the Giants' favor in the long run. That time. Mm. Actually- no, but not listen, not if they don't win, not if they don't beat Washington this week. That's why yeah. I think because if the Giants can finish at eight, eight, and one, the Lions are gonna get in at nine and seven. And I'll tell you this, I'm looking at the commander's schedule right now. I think it all does come down to this week for the Giants because after Washington plays the Giants, they are in San Francisco taking on the Niners on Christmas Eve. They are at home taking on Cleveland on New Year's Day, and then they are at home taking on the Cowboys that last week of the season. This is probably the most important game of the season for both teams. It'll be interesting to uh, it'll be an interesting final four weeks, and it's also quite mind blowing to think that we're already down to four weeks left in the season. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I can't believe New Year's is right around the corner. It's almost time for spring training. I mean, you're jumping ahead. I'm just thinking about the fact that in a month and seven days, I'm turning forty. The big four. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's that. Anyway, yeah, I still got another year on that, so I can't. I'm not. I don't join you there until uh, 2024. Congratulations, birthday, buddy! Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, off of that, anything else from this past week that stood out to you guys, Dave? I'll start with you. I touched on it before, how bad Tampa Bay looked against San Francisco. Uh, completely blown out of the water. Um, so that really, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, this is one of those things where maybe, uh, maybe Tampa Bay, time for Brady to move on. Other people are saying he'll be the next quarterback in San Francisco. Uh, but I think it might be time uh, for him to quit. So I don't um, That, I think, uh, Looking at, you know, the rest of the week, I think the biggest thing that really came out was Kyler Murray tearing his ACL. Um, We have another year of Arizona just being average um, as they've been. So I think it's time that they probably move on from Cliff Kingsbury, 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 whatever that was name is. Uh, um, uh, In an unbelievably shocking I was going to say amazing, but I can't, I can't use that word when talking about this guy. So an unbelievably shocking uh, performance by Baker Mayfield after being with the LA Rams for all of two days um, to come out and, and beat the Raiders. Uh, that was, I was quite blown away by that. And I just, I don't know how the Raiders, I, I just, I don't know how they have the talent they have on that team. And they're just so bad. Um 
also thank God Derek Harden cost me my fantasy playoffs because he got I had to start him and he got me a whopping two point four eight points. Um, so yeah, I just I just don't know how that team is that bad. It, it's actually quite shocking to me. Um, but props to Baker Mayfield and and the Rams and McVay for figuring out a way to get that team to get. Them. Um, that just was mind blowing to me. I did not see that happening in any form or fashion. So, um, that, that really stuck out to me as well. And, uh, yeah, those are probably really the biggest parts of the, of the week of football that really, like really, really stuck out to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw some statistic about what Baker Mayfield did. It, it was ridiculous that he was able to beat, I don't know if that's a credit to him or just a statement on how bad the Raiders are under Josh McDaniel. We know he ain't going to be the head coach there next year. Fucking ridiculous, though. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, Eric, this is normally the point where I would give you kind of a counterpoint and let you go on, but I think we will all agree that it is time to bring this person on. He is here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen. Eric Pfeiffer is here tonight. Eric Pfeiffer, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Fife, you weren't here at the beginning of the day, but uh, okay. or, excuse me, at the beginning of the show. But I, I did say that everybody's been extended contract-wise. Everybody's been signed to long-term deals to keep the average annual value down. You'll be very happy to know. You and Schmelrose have been signed to a 120-year contract split in 50 cents apiece. Be very happy to know that. Well, I got to split with the guy. I mean, you can take that up with him. Whatever you do uh, well, behind closed uh, doors, that's all your business. His agent my agent are going to be calling you. Okay. Fair enough. Whoever does the best for me will get the best deal. I am, I am not in impartial. Fairness, here. In all fairness, I was able to negotiate at least a dollar a show. No, you wow. got two. Uh, yes, you got a dollar. Yes, that's correct. Dave got yeah. two. I wasn't. I wasn't that good. And again, Dave, like I said to Mike before, I understand it because Dave is the true heartbeat of the show. And I mean, he's he he's the heart and soul. And without him, just it just you know. So I mean, I understand why Dave got two, but I, I'm I fought for one. I think you and Schmelro should fight for one. I agree. Each, honestly, and uh, to be well, perfectly honest, might get a fifty cent. I mean, he might. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He yeah, yeah actually, give him a half a penny. It goes a long way in Saskatoon. I mean, in all fairness, I did kind of do this. I mean, I only gave myself three bucks for thirty years. So I shortchanged myself here because I'm sure. the one who's willing to sacrifice. No, a year annually AAV. That, that wow. that's a thing now, and I'm just saying, so you know. So technically, I'm going to make $120 where he'll only make 90 But I'm uh, with the show for 120 years. Well, when do we get to renegotiate? When I oh, say. after year one. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I mean, because nope. we're going to have to do some research. And if, if the shows where Fife or, and or Schmelrose are on, the ones with the more listens to them, I mean, you know, our agent's going to have a very good case. Listen, all I'm going to say is Cousin David only gets a quarter for like 200 years. So, wow. you know, I, I think I may. I think I did this pretty good. I don't know. Normally, you're supposed to take care of family better than that. I feel bad for Cousin David. 
Uh, well, you but, know, I thought you guys would appreciate it because you're on the show more than he was. So, you know, what's yeah, I, again, I mean, I just want to say Eric started this off by calling me the ass of the show. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, he ended the explanation very nicely. I will give him that. We have to give him credit. He ended the explanation very nicely, but that's how he started it off. You know, I'm going to have to file for a discrimination suit just because I'm a Braves fan. I got to get 50 cents like. I don't know. You have to send over I, the paperwork. I'm gonna have to thumb through I, it I, again. In like, in all fairness, though, Schmelrose doesn't even watch baseball, and he got the same amount as you. So I think I'm covered there. Oh well, you know, Schmelrose doesn't mm. watch a lot. Well, I'm just saying. Just he saying. To the games through Morse code. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right, we'll give you a chance to chime in here, Fife. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit. I know Eric got to talk a little bit about the Giants game this past week. We went through the schedules of the teams competing for the final, uh, the final two wild card spots there. What were your thoughts on the Giants this past week? Um, That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of look. When is expected? I have. I think I've been saying it all year that they started out six and one, right, playing above their pay grade. We'll call it. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm going to be paid below my pay grade. But they're getting – they're playing above their pay grade for a while. We all knew a downside was coming. We've been talking about it for a little while. Um, they are – they're coming into a week where they are no longer – they were firing on all cinder, cylinders early in the year to their standards. Um, and then for the last four weeks, they have not been firing on all cylinders. Um, they've not been good on third down. They have not been good on first down um, to put themselves in manageable situations where you can be a little crap. For me, the key is to gain four to six yards on first down, which allows you on second down to be a little bit more crafty with your play calling and take a risk or two here and there throughout the game. And then third down, you're still in a manageable situation. They haven't been doing that as much, whether it's execution on the field or play calling or a combination of both. Um, so you have a team that's not been firing on all cylinders playing against a team who obviously has been firing on all, on all cylinders has been quite impressive this year. I mean, you just watch this team play and the Eagles look good as much as it is like a gut punch to say it. They look like a good football team. Um, they have weapons. Miles, San Miles Sanders is a guy I got to watch at Penn State for a couple of years after Saquon Barkley. Um, definitely not a shabby running back. You got A.J. Brown coming over in that draft day trade was a big move. I think we all thought it would be as long as he stayed healthy. And Devontae Smith in his second year had a little bit of a lull in the beginning of the season. But uh, Oh, not, been... not to mention both him and Hurts. Roll Tide, baby. Roll Tide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, they – you know, they're coming around. I had a little bit of confidence. Honestly, I'm a little disappointed in myself because pre-draft fantasy-wise, I kept saying, go Hurts, go Hurts, go Hurts. And then I never did it. Uh, not with any of my teams. But that's okay. Uh, Eric, I appreciate that you did your job for me last week. Unfortunately, I did not do mine. I only put up 64 points. My entire, I had eight players on my team just take a big old dump on my playoff hopes. Um, but that's besides the point. We're not talking about that. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm just happy. First in that league, though. First in points, first in record, first in pretty much like everything. Foster. I'm just, 
I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Five. I was just gonna say I'm just happy the fantasy season is over. This this year has been dog shit for me. Sorry, five. That's uh, all right. So they just. I mean, look, you're playing a fourth and seven. And the team scores a 40-yard touchdown on you. I believe at that point it was to go up, what, 21 nothing or 14 nothing. Uh, you know, they battled back a little bit. They show, they had one garbage time touchdown, but the other two touchdowns during the game were legit. But they got a long way to go. You know, there are a lot of injuries on the front seven. Um, I think, you know, a lot of injuries throughout the secondary not making excuses. I'm just saying you had a team that was not there talent wise to start the year. And then anyone who was even close to being there talent wise is, is on IR or, you know, in the blue tent half the time. They just, they had solid production from their offensive line and everybody got hurt. They're still a few players away. You know, I actually really like their defensive front four. I like their pass rushers. I think uh, when Oziz, Oziz, Oz, oh, Jesus Christ, came, Ojulari, uh, I think he's going to be a dynamic pass rusher at, throughout his career. Um, I think he was a great, I believe it was a second round pickup two years ago. I think Thibodeau has been showing a lot. I think he's got in the last four games about seven quarterback hits. So he's a couple steps away from making that into some sacks. Um, so I like where they're at. You know, we didn't expect much this year. I think in the beginning of the year, I said uh, seven wins was expected. <clears throat> Eight, I'd be happy, and nine, I'd be over the moon. So we still got a shot at maybe beating the Red, the Commanders this weekend. Um, you know, it was what I, I mean. It was that was worse than I thought it was. I didn't think they were give up forty eight points, but it just goes to show when it your there's a lot of wind coming out of my mouth right now to talk about it's just the same like. You have a team that's going, they're moving, they're firing on all cylinders, and a team that is not, and they're just not there talent-wise, and then they're hurt. So it was what was expected. You know, a little more so of a disappointment than maybe initially expected. But, you know, I didn't expect the very – I didn't expect them to win. I worked with a guy who's an Eagles fan. I told him, I was like, you guys ain't losing number two this week before the weekend even started. So um, they're just not there yet. They're not there yet. I hope they're in a mm. position to be able to trade up in the draft because they're going to play themselves into a mid-teens pick, late-teens pick. So either we're going to have to see how the draft pans out, what guys, what teams in front of them have a guy that they think is their long-term quarterback and what teams don't. Um and kind of see where these quarterbacks coming out in the draft are going to fall, either be able to move up in the draft to do so. If they don't think they can accomplish that, unfortunately they may have to franchise tag Daniel Jones for one year um, just to buy themselves another year. Or, you know, you take a team and maybe you get yourself a bridge quarterback somewhere along the line, a free agency or through a trade. Um, but I really do. I agree with Eric because I know he's talked about this a lot. I think this is the year to to try and lock in your franchise quarterback. Just please make the right choice. Mm. I then, can. I can. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and then I don't know if you guys talked about that Cowboys game yet or not. But, uh, 
boy, I mean, we good. did, but you you feel free. Go right ahead. Oh, I, all I could sit there and think was, wow, Mike chose Dallas this week, and they're about to lose the worst team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's I, fair. I swear to God, I got it. Like, he finally chose Dallas, and they almost lost to a 110-1 team. Uh, I was like, maybe the juju is correct. It's fair. It's fair. That's why I don't do it very often. If you guys think I'm picking Dallas when the playoffs get here, you're out of your goddamn mind. I don't want to hear nothing. I'm telling you right now. Nope, 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 nope. Bad Are luck. You on the road against a team like Carolina, you wouldn't pick Dallas to win that game? Oh, shit, man. I mean, if I pick them against Carolina, what, Freeman? Foreman? He's going to go off for like 300 yards and seven touchdowns. No. <laughs> and Hubbard, Hubbard will have like two touchdowns in the air. No, I'm good. I'm good. You'll thank me. You will thank me. So no, we're gonna stick. We're gonna stick with what works here. Even though, I mean, let, let's again. They have to win a playoff. They no, no, not just have to win a playoff game. <laughs> they have to get to the conference championship. They, they've won a playoff game in the past. It doesn't mean shit. Get to the conference championship at the very least. Got to get over it. Again, narrative doesn't change until they actually get far in the playoffs. One win, we've seen one win. All right. Anyway, um, did you guys want to bring up anything else from this last week of NFL games, or should we just head into picks? Eric, I know I was going to go with you, and then uh, Five came on, gave him the opportunity. You got anything else you want to bring up this week? He's on Hello, mute. Eric. He's yeah. on mute. We got you, Mike. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, no. I'm good for uh, to get into picks. Okay. So we will go into picks here. I will recap last week's uh, picks here. So I went three and six, and I'm firmly pulling up the rear. Uh, oh, something happened to Dave here. Let me let him back in. I am firm, firmly pulling up the rear. Eric, don't think that proves you right. Um, I am at 45, 45, and two on the season here. So we have a three-horse race for the first spot. Uh, Eric and Fife both went four and five last week. They are at 51, 39, and two. So with a five and four record from last week, sitting in sole pos possession of first place, at week 15, as we begin week 15, Dave Hastings is in first place, 52, 38, and 2. I knew something felt more normal this week. <laughs> nice. All right. Don't get too comfortable there. <laughs> I'm Man, never comfortable, wild. my friend. Never comfortable. Always push. Well, that's, that's my line. Um. All right, you guys said we were going to change the name of this first one here. What did you guys say we were changing the name to? Not, Not changing added. Not changing added. So we had okay, a highlight, but then we were going to do Dave's dumpster fire. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. It was – normally it's been Aglioloro's aggravation. You guys mentioned oh, yeah. something last week. Yeah, you guys mentioned something about changing. I don't remember what it was. I just – I just know that I can't. I can't keep doing cowboy picks with you. I can't do it. I wasn't gonna do it. 
I wasn't going to do it. Fife, do you remember? Because I feel like you're the one who came up with it. I can't remember. Um, you know, head injuries and, and some extracurriculars I used to do in my younger years have really taken a hit on my memory. The herbal supplements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. It stayed that minute. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. yep. That's what I always call it to sound sophisticated. I think it's a good name for it. There you whoa, go. Whoa, whoa. We got Saturday games this week. Is it that time? We have se- yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I, I can't, I, I feel like we're jumping ahead a week here, but I saw something this past week in terms of the schedule. And I feel like it was, yeah, no, this is what it is. So this is the slate for Christmas Day. The Christmas Day games, I don't know if you guys saw this. It is Green Bay taking on Miami at 1 o'clock. It is Denver taking on Los Angeles Rams at 4.30. It is Tampa Bay taking on the Arizona Cardinals at 8.20. Those are the Christmas Day games. The first one might be decent. The rest are going to suck. Yeah, it's a horrible fucking slate. Like, they should be able to flex those games. The 430 game might be an okay game just because both teams are so bad. So they're equally bad. So, you know, they might battle it out to a decent football game. But other than that, Mm. you're right. I feel like you're you're asking for a lot there, Fife. I got to be honest. But I don't know. All right. So we will start with Agli Aloro's Aggravation of the Week. Yeah, all right. I'm not going to pick a Cowboy game. Don't don't worry, Eric. It's fine. I'm not going to pick that. Because if Dallas can't be, pick Jacksonville, I don't deserve to be aggravated about it because it just means that Cowboys don't deserve anything. So I, I think they... Jacksonville's won three out of their last four games. They've been pretty good. Yeah, they're actually playing some pretty good football over the last. I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you this, man. You want to talk about aggravated? I would have won this week and ended the season at seven and seven in that league. Five started. If I had started Trevor Lawrence over Tua, Trevor Lawrence got like forty points in that fucking league, and I started Tua, who got nineteen. So that is an aggravation. However, I already said I'm not going to. I'm not going to pick the Cowboy game, so we're not going to go there. Um. I, you know, some I don't really have anything I'm aggravated about that I could see this week because mercifully my fantasy season is over. I've known it was over for a long time, and thankfully playoff starts. I don't got to fucking think about the misery I've gone through this season in fantasy. Let's let's go with the Monday night game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Green Bay Packers, because these are two teams themselves have a lot to be aggravated about. Los Angeles Rams defending Super Bowl champions. Everything that could go wrong with them has gone wrong with them. And then you got the Packers. They bring Aaron Rodgers back. They lose Devontae Adams to the Raiders, all that stuff. Nothing's gone right in their season over either. So now you got these two teams in a primetime Monday night game. And it's, I, I'm sorry if I stole a shit show, a dumpster fire, um, you know, um, what was it, toilet bowl. I'm sorry if I chose a candidate for one of those games. But for both those teams, they should both be pretty aggravated that you got the Rams and Packers on Monday night and nobody gives a fuck because they both suck this season. 
So between the two of them, I am going to choose Green Bay simply because the game is in Green Bay. But there's nothing to be excited about with this game. So that's my pick. Rams and Packers. Dave, who you got? Uh, Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield's magic runs out. So give me Green Bay. There you go. Eric, who you got? I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the Rams really did sell all out picks everything to win last year and to see Mm -hmm. what they could put together again for this year. It's going to cost them for years and years to come. But that being said, they may have caught lightning in a bottle here with Baker. And if I'm not mistaken, Lincoln Riley might've been his college coach. If not, he might have. Well, yes. I mean, he might find some magic there. And to be honest, Aaron Rodgers looks like, you know, he's lost all the magic. It looks like he, he needs to go back to the desert some, for, for some more Ayahuasca or whatever it is and uh, get right again because he, he's not right and that team's not right. He, he's had an absolutely awful season um, to the point where I'm actually thinking about starting Jared Goff this week in, that, in Fife's League in the playoffs because – my choices are Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff, and the sad part is I'm, it's an honest debate in my head. Um, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, what do you do there? I'm going to ask for some advice. I'll throw it out there for some advice. I, I, I'm, not, I wouldn't, I'm not playing Jared Goff against the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. That is one dynamic offense. It's a tough one. You know what? Fuck Aaron Rodgers. Fuck Green Bay. They've sucked all year. Give me a little Baker magic, little Lincoln Riley, Baker magic, magic, and uh, give me a Rams win. All right. Five, who you got? Oh, Eric, if you go on to a – ah, screw it. Let's plug them. Maybe we'll get a sponsor. Go on to DraftKings uh, sports betting website. May as well put – Rams are plus 255 on the money line. You may as well put some money on that. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Packers um, because they did have a little bit go right with the young rookie receiver who is not the one everyone expected to be good, which was Romeo Dobbs. Um, Christian Watson. That guy has come through. I believe he's healthy. Um, He seems to be the new guy who finds the soft spots in the zone for Aaron Rodgers. And I think they're going to be able to do that against the Rams and I agree with Dave that I don't want to say his magic's going to run out because I don't even want to call it magic. I think uh, intensity did it for him last week, but I don't think Baker's going to go into Lambeau uh, December 19th on a Monday night and come out of there with a win. I just can't see it happening. So give me the Packers. Okay. Before we go into our next pick, I have to apologize for something. When I added up last, huh? Oh, sorry, just kidding. I didn't hear what you said. I said, "Oh, was I not supposed to plug DraftKings?" No, I, I don't <laughs> care. That that that's fine. I was just kidding. Cool. When I added up our picks from last week, I forgot about something, and that was when we when we picked the Jets Bills game. We did not pick winners or losers. We picked the the spread. Yeah, which was so which they covered. Yeah, yeah. So that changes things slightly. Dave, 
Sorry, buddy, you're not in first place. Um, with what do you that mean? Being... I, I, Eric said he had the Bills winning by more than ten. I had the Jets winning or losing, but not by ten. Well, I have to go back and check the tape then, because I have you down for Buffalo. I had Buffalo winning the game. I didn't have them winning by more than 10. I made that mistake on the previous game. That's what I said. That's why I wasn't doing it again. All right. Yeah, I, I think Eric was the only one who picked Buffalo to go over 10. I think uh, okay. I, picked, I picked the Jets to cover. Dave picked the Jets to cover. And I believe you picked the Jets to cover as well. Okay. I don't want to go back and look at the tape anyway. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to believe you guys on that one. That means Eric, is, uh, Dave is still in first place. However, um, yeah, you're not in sole possession of first place then, because if that is true, then Fife also picked the Jets for, um, to cover the spread, which means he is tied with you for first place. All right, Fife from worst to first. That's what I do, bro. Yeah. Let me, I'm sorry, sure. guys. So we yeah. Can, uh, okay. We can go over that and. Redo it because it did sound a little off. Because I thought Dave and I had a lot of the same picks, so it was just like I was trying to figure out how that worked out to where. Yeah, no, you guys one, did, but then I, you know, I know we, you I, guys I, did. Like we must have split one or something somewhere. You guys did have the same picks. You were both five and four with that one, so okay. there's that. Um, Eric is one, two. Three. Eric was three and six last week. That means, which means he is at 50, 40, and two. And I actually gain a win with that one because I also picked the Jets to cover the spread, which means I won four and five last week. And I mean, I'm still in last place. 46. Mike, why don't we do this after the show? 46, yeah. 44, and two. I'm done. Okay. All right. right. Now right. it is time for Hastings Highlight of the Week. All right. Uh, I mean, you got to start with the one that has two, uh, two playoff teams fi- playing each other. Divisional battle, short week, Thursday night game, out San Fran on the road at Seattle. Um, I just Seattle's starting to digress. Uh, the the star rookie running backs fighting, I believe, an ankle injury. I think he's expected to play, but still fighting an ankle injury, which is always not a good thing when you're uh, a running back specifically. Um, so I'm going to take the 49ers on the road. All right. So you got the 49ers there. Where is this? Eric, who you got? Give me Purdy. <laughs> you got a Purdy mouth. Yeah, I'm going to go with Purdy on that, too. Um, we all knew Geno Smith was due for a regression, so I don't think any of us are really surprised by this. But, yeah, the fact that the Niners are still able to do this with the guy who was Mr. Irrelevant in the draft I mean, is a credit to the roster that they've built around it that you could basically plug in a guy off the streets and they can still win games. So I'll go with San Francisco on that one. Fife, who you got? Oh, man. That's actually hard for me. I mean, Seahawks are getting three and a half points at home, which would mean, as we always talk about with Eric, that means that they're pretty much 
getting seven if you look at it on a neutral plane. But Mr. Irrelevant did well in San Francisco, right? But now he's going to Seattle. Seattle being very loud and a very, very, very difficult place for a rookie quarterback to keep things together, to be able to make play calls, to be able to make adjustments, even for his offensive line. You know what? I think the 12th man is going to be up for this one, and I'm going to go off the cuff, and I'm going to take Seattle. All right. So we have Seattle. I need to move this. All right. So next, we have Eric Tressler's Toilet Bowl of the Week. There is a lot to choose from. There is. I mean, but again, what I don't choose, maybe you pick as a dumpster fire. Who knows? Could happen. Um, still got the shit show, too. I mean, there's just one game, though, that is absolutely punching me in the face. Like, like this toilet hasn't been cleaned in months. <clears throat> like, it, it, it is just putrid, and you're like, why? And that brings me to the 4 o'clock Fox game. The Cardinals at the Broncos. Oof. No Kyler Murray. So I don't even know who's – what's his name starting there? Uh, McCoy, I think, right? Yeah, Colt McCoy. I'm pulling him out of the closet. Um, who's starting and, and, from and Denver? He's going up against Russell Wilson, who has to be the biggest bust of the season. Wilson I mean, might not even play. Yeah, yeah who's their backup? protocol. Even more pathetic. Even uh, I, even okay. more even more of a reason to flush this fucking game and not even have it out. Not like uh, why? Why would any why would any fan pay any money out of your hard-earned pocket to go see this absolute fucking putrid toilet bowl? Um rip it. I mean, really, it's bad. And I the being that I don't even know who the Broncos QB is. And Colt Five McCoy has some kind of rapport where he at least knew enough to get the ball to the, uh, Hopkins, even though I know Hopkins fumbled and it was returned for a touchdown, whatever. Still was able to find Hopkins, I think, 11 times or, or threw it his way 11 times. So he continues to at least get the ball to his playmakers. They might be able to do something there. And, I mean, both these teams are just bad. So give me, I guess, the Cardinals on the road. But I, I, I don't even know why I picked this game. I don't want to pick it, but I'm picking the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, that's fitting for a shit show, though. That's that's why you picked it because well, it's that well, it's a toilet bowl, not a shit show. Shit oh, show excuse me. I yes, this is I the apologize. toilet bowl that, that that the shit show happened in, and then wasn't cleaned for two weeks, three weeks after. Flame and porter potties. Yeah, we're all over. Smell better yep. than the place. We, we haven't brought up the flame and porter potties in a while, so that's what we're going with here. And as Fife mentioned, Brett Rippon would be the starter for Denver if Russell Wilson can't play. Yeah, I'm going with Arizona just for the reason you just mentioned. At the very least, Colt McCoy, career backup, we know this, but at the very least, he's not the worst thing in the world as a career backup. If you got to start him, there are worse things you can start, like Brett Rippon. 
So I will go with Arizona in this one as well. Dave, who you got? I mean, I was honestly like, you know, Denver's got Randy Gregory coming back. They're home. Their offense moved the ball last week. And I was like, wow, I might, I think I'm going to have to go with Denver. But when you ask me to choose between Rippon and McCoy, and we all know this is a game that boils down to quarterbacks, um, I, 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 I got to go with Arizona. I just Colt like Eric, Mike, you said it perfectly. Uh, like he's a career backup. He's got playmakers to get the ball to. He knows to get it out of his hands and just get the hell out of the way. Hmm. All right, so you got Arizona there. Will this be a game that you actually spend any any time watching? You know, unless it's on red zone, and like they happen to pull a ball, like a highlight when they're inside the twenty. Like outside of that, would you put any thought or imagination into trying to watch this game whatsoever? Not willingly. No. Yeah, red zone would be the only thing that for. I mean, that, and I'm going against James Conner and. Uh, I in my money in my first playoff game. So um yeah, that would be about the only reasons I'd pay attention to this game. And even then Red Zone would go there and, you know, get the highlights if Connor's doing anything. So yeah, I'm good. I, I think it's funny because I pull up the schedule on ESPN.com and next to the games and the times and and the network that it's gonna be on, they show you you can buy tickets, and they say tickets as low as whatever. For Arizona and Denver, they have tickets as low as $42. I feel like they should be paying the people to come to the games. I don't think the people should have to pay any money for this. Like right, the Baltimore. No that would be a game that I would tailgate at and like go with like literally $10 in my pocket and scalp <laughs> a ticket because. Somebody's either going to give you ten dollars. You're either going to give them ten bucks for that ticket, or they're going to put ketchup on it and eat it because that stadium is not selling out. <laughs> like I, that vendor is mean, not going to get any more than that ten dollars from anywhere else in that parking lot, especially right around kickoff. They're going to take my ten dollars and pretty much I'm going to pay parking plus ten dollars to get in to see that game. And the only time I would do that is if I had nothing to do that next day on Monday and I can go there and get hammered with a buddy or something, and it'd be a good time then I might take it up on that. And I, I, I got to say, years ago, back in my younger, you know, 20s, whatever, I've done that for a giant game. I saw a giant Redskins game for $15. You know, you can do it, you know, mm, back when they all yeah. suck. But, you know, it's – I wouldn't pay $42 for a seat there. Like you said, you'd have to pay me. You'd have to give me the tickets. Or if I have to drive there, I'm not taking more than a $10 bill out of my pocket. I mean, just 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 for comparison here, and Fife, we're gonna get to your pick. I'm sorry. Um, Baltimore, Cleveland tickets as low as nine dollars. Atlanta at New Orleans tickets as low as twenty six dollars. Detroit at New York Jets tickets as low as forty one dollars. Tennessee at the Chargers tickets as low as twenty five dollars. The Rams at the Packers tickets as low as thirty dollars. I would see all those games before I would see the Arizona-Denver game. I'd see all of them. I could figure out a reason to get invested in every one of them. Baltimore-Cleveland. I mean, it's fucking Baltimore, for Christ's sakes. I would watch that game. Nine bucks? Shit, give me that. I would at least want... You couldn't, you couldn't pay me. You couldn't give me money to go see Deshaun Watson right now. Fuck him. 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's 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 you. You've been consistent in that. You go right ahead. I, I'd at least go to see Baltimore on that one. I'd at least go. I mean, even at Rams Green Bay game, I'd go there just to be able to say, "Hey, I got to go to Lambeau Field. It's Lambeau Field." Yeah. All right. Atlanta, New Orleans. They both suck. Hey, Desmond Ritter, Ritter's first game as a starter. Maybe that means something. Maybe it don't. Probably not. But still, Arizona and Denver is the option. No, give me the other ones. Okay, five. Go ahead. Well, when you're giving me choices, like Dave said, between Colt McCoy and Brett Ribbon, um, I got to look at the team's run running games, you know, and that's really where I'm just going to factor my pick on this one. Um, and I'm going to have to. Well, I mean, you have two head coaches that haven't really proven to be anything much either. But uh, you know, Denver Broncos got a senior citizen running the football for him. So I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the Arizona Cardinals just based on I think they have a bit of a better running game. And as much as I like – I don't even know if Cortland Sutton's healthy again. Um, I do like Jerry Judy, but then you're relying on a guy, Kendall Hinton, who I believe a year or two ago started a game at quarterback for them. Um, so as far as weapons and a run game go, I'm going to go ahead and take Arizona to win this game on the road. Both Sutton and Hinton are listed as questionable for this week's game, just so you know. So even their emergency quarterback is questionable. Yeah, it looks that way. It looks that way. Yep. All right, so with that, it is time for Larry Schmelrose's Shit Show of the Week. Small turd. Um, I'm going to go with this game because I've been picking this team – um, and they've been burning me, and I'm going to give them an opportunity to do it for one more week. And the shit show this week is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 o'clock at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, just so you know, the Steelers on the road are getting three points, plus 130 on the money line, and, and I'm going to go ahead and take Pittsburgh to win the game. Now, is Kenny Pickett started this game? Because I believe I heard he got a concussion last week, right? Uh, he did get dinged up. Mitchell Trubisky uh, came into the game for him last week. I believe he threw like two or three picks uh, pretty much right off the jump. Um, but for me, I just feel like Tomlin, I believe in Mike Tomlin. And maybe that's my problem this year. Uh, maybe he just his coaching can't overcome the lack of talent that they have on the team or the lack of execution that's been going on on the field. But I just feel like he's going to have his team ready to go in and beat a bad Carolina Panthers team. Even though they've shown a run game after losing or trading away Christian McCaffrey, um, it is Sam Darnold. I have zero faith in Sam Darnold, which is crazy to say that I have more faith in Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, no matter which one starts. But if Pickett's not starting, I don't think you lose that much with Trubisky right now, only because Pickett's in his first year. I've told you guys I believe Pickett to Pickens is going to be a pretty good combination for a few years to come in there in Pittsburgh. As long as they keep Tomlin around, he's going to be in a good situation to win some football games within the next two years. Uh, Maybe even next year they could turn around. You're under the kid's belt. But um, because of Tomlin, uh, I've been picking Pittsburgh. When they play bad teams and putting them in shit shows or if somebody else puts them in a toilet bowl, I've been picking them. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh over Carolina. Mm. 
This is not a game I would pay $114 for. I'll tell you that. I'd give Eric's proverbial ham sandwich to watch this game, and that's about it. Um, yeah, I'd go with Pittsburgh here, too. I kind of want to pick Carolina just to be contrarian, but um, no, I'm with you on the Tomlin point there. So I'll go with Pittsburgh, and Darnold sucks. We know this by now. Eric, who you got? Let's change it up. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe in Trubisky. I don't believe in Pickett. Maybe the Pickett to Pickens thing comes to life eventually, but obviously I don't think it's this year. I, I agree that I hate to go against Tomlin. The guy's got a proven track record. I don't think he's ever had a losing season. This might be his first or will be his first probably. If they uh, lose this week, it, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not going to want to lose, but I think they're uh, they might have found some magic in, in Sam Darnold, and I don't know. They looked a little bit, really, you know, Carolina looks a little bit tougher the last couple of weeks. Weirdly enough, um, I mean, uh, I like when I make you do that. Right, <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> it means I've, I've, I've makes me feel like I picked a good shit show. Yeah, because it's, it's a tough one. It is. It's a tough one to pick. I mean, they did just go into Seattle and beat Seattle. They did win at home. They, I mean, they they played the Ravens tough. All they didn't score. Beat the Falcons. They should, on all accounts, at home beat the Steelers. I think this is Tomlin's first losing year. I think this starts at – I'm reluctantly going to take Caroline. Interesting. All right, so Eric picks Carolina. Dave, who you got? Carolina started one and five. They fired their head coach. They traded away their best player, and they've gone four and three since they did those two things. Um, and they're playing at home, playing run – run first and defense uh, type of football. And this is the time of year where that benefits you. So give me Carolina at home. Okay. So I believe we'll go with the newbies for the next two picks here. Cause it is time for Dave Hastings. Dumpster fire of the week. Sorry. Took me a second there. Um, yeah, so uh, for the dumpster fire of the week, I think we're going to have to go with the Falcons at the Saints um, <laughs> to just really bad football teams right now. Yet, ironically enough, if, if the Saints win and the Panthers win and the Bucks lose it at five and nine, uh, <laughs> Fucking Saints would be one game out of the division lead. Oh my God, division's so bad. Um, but you got a rookie quarterback starting his first career game on the road in New Orleans. I just don't see how you win that game. So give me New Orleans at home. I'm going to be the contrarian. Oh, I put that in the wrong spot. I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to say, give me the Riddler. 
even though I know that's not his name. It's Ritter, but I'm calling him the Riddler just for the purpose he of the bit. 40, though. Did you see this guy? He's like 22, and he looks like 22 going on 47. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of players that look like that, though. No, I mean, I'll be honest. I've seen I've seen a picture going around lately. Of some kid that's supposed to be 12 years 12 old. Year old. Yeah, 25. Yeah, no, I saw that. I and saw he that. Don't look 12 years old. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. His driver's license. But anyway, um, Ritter's one of those guys. He, he looks like he's an old soul in the league, you know, already. Um, yeah, give me the. I don't know why, but give me the Falcons. All right. And I did pick Atlanta too, just to, just to make sure we're clear on that. So Dave has New Orleans. Me and Eric have Atlanta. Fife, who you got? Um, I got the Saints. Not, not talking about that game. Funny story. There's a, a guy at work who's 27 years old, and uh, everybody always makes fun of him that he still hooks up with high school chicks, which he doesn't, just to be clear. But it's, a, oh, well, it's, an, ongoing, it's an ongoing joke at work that he hooks up with young girls, right? So I showed him that picture that you're talking about without letting him see the headline. And I said, hey, Eddie, how old do you think this kid is, this guy here? He goes, ah, 12 years old. I was like, wow, you really can spot a minor from a freaking mile away. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> because the kid looks like he's 25. But, hey, I got to give Eddie credit. He knew he was 12. He's like, yeah, but look at the rest of them. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll give it mm. to you. So maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought. It was funny in the moment. No, that was pretty good. And, I, I, you know, just to go off that track for a second, I knew a guy when I worked at the first movie theater I worked at back in the day. It was like 05, 06. We had a joke with him. So he was like somewhere between 19 and 21. And we had a joke that he only dated 16-year-olds. So he was dating the 91s. And one particular one, she, when she talked, she sounded like she was five years old. He married that girl. He's got two kids with him. So that's a love story right there if I've ever heard one. God bless him. Yep. I yep. heard a chick who I thought really, I she, she could have been a dead fucking ringer for Darth Vader. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the next question here, I know where we're going next. Who's supposed to be picking the try hard of the week? Who is that? That's the Tressler okay. Tryhard. So now it is time for Tressler's Tryhard of the Week. And I got to be honest, this game should be a game of not only talent, but trying hard because, one, they're not just going to be battling each other. They're not only going to be battling for the division and playoff seedings and everything else. They're also going to be battling the weather where it's predicted to get about seven inches of snow on Sunday. I want to pick this Dolphins-Bills game mm. because the Bills haven't looked quite right the last few weeks. Been looking better, but not still not 100%. The Dolphins haven't been looking 100% either the last couple weeks. But yet this game is huge for playoff implications, possibly. I mean, if the Dolphins were to win it, they'd only be a game back of Buffalo for the division. Um, this is where I'm going to go because if both of these teams try hard, they both have talent. They could end up being a hell of a game. So, all that being said, Buffalo is at home. They're a little more adverse to playing in that weather condition. 
And I think at the end of the day, I trust their run game a little bit more because of what Josh Allen can do adding to their run game. So I'm going to take Buffalo, although I know I took Miami earlier in the year and I was right on that one. I'm taking Buffalo here at home because I think they're more ready to come play in these conditions. I would say Buffalo. I would take Buffalo in that game too for basically the same reason there. And I think Tua got hurt in last week's game. So battling the elements of Tua is not 100%. Yes, you got to go with the Buffalo because they got the home field advantage. At very least, they should be used to playing in that type of weather. And for the most part, I, I don't think Cole Beasley coming back is really going to mean a damn thing for them, at least this week. But that core of that team has been together for a while, so they should be used to playing in that type of weather. I got Buffalo there. Fife, who you got? Uh, same, a lot of the same reasons. Um, give me Buffalo. I mean, I know it's a little scary because they came into this season as favorites because of an improved defense with the Von Miller. The Von Miller is now out for the year. And you have um, a Josh Allen who was supposed to be an MVP, but he's not. He's not playing up to the standards we had all hoped he'd play to this year, which he's still playing good football. It's just not what I thought it would be. But I just feel like Tua went from Alabama to Miami, and I can't pick a guy like that in cold weather until he shows me he could play in cold weather. So that's Mm -hmm. another reason why I'm going to lean towards Buffalo and take the Bills on this one. Plus, they're favored by seven at home. There you go. Dave, you want to be contrarian here? I, I mean, dude, my favorite statement from Tua this week was it snows in Alabama, too. And I was like, really? Like, how often does that happen? Um, so, yeah, I think he'll see more snow during this game than he saw in his entire career at Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I got to take Buffalo. I remember my mother telling me because my grandparents lived in Florida growing up uh, on her side. And she'd be telling me that, you know, it doesn't snow in Florida, obviously, but she'd be telling me if it snowed like half an inch, my grandfather would be out there cursing at the sky. So that's my family. Um, All right. With that, I think the final game we are picking this week, it is time for Eric Pfeiffer's final. I got nothing prepared. That's right. That's right. So I thought um, I thought this one would definitely be picked as maybe a highlight or a try hard. So in my mind for the fight, I was going to pick the game that tied two weeks ago, which was the Giants at Washington. But because this game wasn't picked, I think all around it's going to be a better game. Um, I'm going to go instead with a 425 game, which is going to be the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I've been kind of eyeing this game up a little bit. Um, Herbert's shown flashes this year, what he can be. And, and again, I know I've said this in the past. I don't blame any type of regression on him. I just think his weapons have been dinged up all year. Um, they, I, For some reason, they got away from getting Eckler the ball as much as they used to, which may be to preserve him if they can make a playoff spot. But, hell, now's the time, you know. They got to start. If they want to push, they got to start making that push now. Uh, there's no more waiting. So, um, got I think they got to get the ball in Austin Eckler's hands a bit more. And I think they're going to realize that. So, uh, it's hard. 
big Derrick Henry guy. I like the way Vrabel is just like, ah, third 20, hand it to Henry. He'll get it. And sometimes he does, which is wild. Um, I do think Vrabel is a very good football coach. Um, so this is actually a really hard game for me to pick because you guys know I'm a big Justin Herbert fan. I believe he was picked sixth overall, uh, just like hey, one Daniel Jones. And I still feel like if you want to watch a real number six overall pick, you go watch Justin Herbert. You don't watch Daniel Jones. So wasn't two at the sixth? At home, I thought Herbert was a sixth. I'm looking it up right now. Two uh, went was... fifth, I believe, fifth, and uh, ah. I think Herbert went sixth. Okay. Anywho, uh, sorry, that's all right. Oh uh, boy, so Chargers at home. They are given three. What the fuck was Too that? <laughs> oh, somebody had to belch. Yeah. Uh, My bad, one. yes. This is a tough one. Uh, give me the Chargers. Okay. Sorry, it took so long. No, I think it's our fault for interrupting while you were going on that one. I, I think I could speak for Eric Arbad on that one. Oh, that's all right. It's perfect because I still couldn't make a decision. So the interruption. That, that, yeah, that that belch <laughs> was really was really funny, Eric. That was a perfect sound. We should I, I may want to save that. That was pretty good. Um Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chargers here too. I mean, the Chargers are a hard team to take because you never know what you're going to get there. Five, you said it perfectly. If they're going to push for a playoff spot, spot, it really has to start now because right now it's them, it's the Jets, and it's the Patriots for that final wild card spot. It's either going to be the Ravens or Bengals who get the first one. Dolphins kind of got the inside track on that second one. And then you got these three teams fighting for that final spot. They're all tied at seven and six. It just comes down to the fact I don't trust the Titans. I don't trust the Titans. I know Derrick Henry's beast, and I got all the faith in the world on him. I don't have any faith in the rest of the team, though, if I'm being honest. We've seen them choke in some big spots in the past going into Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. The fact that it's a 425 game, I think that's a good thing for the Chargers because Herbert doesn't always hold up in prime time. Yeah, give me the Chargers in this one. Dave, who you got? I mean, you say you don't trust the Titans. I don't really trust either one of these teams. Uh, <clears throat> the Chargers looked really good against Miami. They had a really good defensive scheme to slow down their high-powered offense. I don't know how well they'll hold up against a team that's run first. Uh, so that's that'll make things a lot more a lot more interesting to see. Um, I think offensively they can put up points like I this yeah I really uh I mean, I got Keenan Allen on my fantasy team so give me the Chargers <laughs> tickets as low as twenty five dollars See, now the question is for us, can we afford the $600 flight to California? I know I can't. Not at 50 cents a year. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, who you got? Give me uh, give my boy Derrick Henry and the Titans. 
Oh, Eric's the contrarian on that one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that'll do it for our picks this week. Uh, moving on, the thing I will bring up, uh, college football-wise, I know I, we all know I don't know a lot about college football, but it seems like the college football world was pretty rocked earlier this week when I believe it was Mississippi State's head coach, Mike Leaf, or Mike Leach? Leach. Leach, excuse me. Uh, heart attack, died at 61, I believe. Eric, I'm sure all three of you guys probably got something you can say on that one. Eric, you go right ahead. No, I mean, sad news. The guy was an innovative football coach. Um, he, he had different schemes and different offenses. He wasn't a football uh guy the way you would think a normal football guy. I don't think he ever actually played football, especially collegiately. I think he was actually a lawyer, but he just became a coach and enjoyed coaching and, and just did that. And uh, I mean, somebody else can fact check me on that, but I believe uh, like, I don't think he was ever like a, a, a real collegiate player. I think he just kind of took, took on to coaching afterwards. Um, so, I mean, he really interesting guy, uh, and really innovative to the sport. And that's, that, that's the legacy he's going to leave. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, he was too young, you know, 61. He still had a lot of years left to coach. Um, he did end up, you know, at least finally getting Mississippi state, the egg bowl championship and, and beating old miss this year. And, um, so at least he went out on a high note, I guess, you know, especially coaching wise, but, uh, yeah, try to uh, you know, real sad, to see, real sad to hear the news. Hmm. Uh, Mike Leach, uh, admittedly, is someone I didn't know a lot about, so I'm gonna let you guys go here. Dave, what were you saying? Uh, I saw something that like for a college coach to qualify for the collegiate hall of fame, they have to have like sixty percent or better of like a winning overall winning record or uh, winning seasons over their career. Or so I don't, I don't know what the specific rule was, but he, he apparently will now have finished his career at like 59.2%. So Eric, I'm curious, do you think they make an exception for him and, and induct him in? Because from what I've seen, a lot of people feel like he would deserve that exception. Maybe, and maybe because of the way he went out, it's not like he retired, he was just short, you know, so they might make an exception. I, I could see them, you know, but again, there would have to be a push for the exception to really be made. Hmm. Fife, you got any thoughts? Uh, well, I'm just going to, I have to go after I say this, um, but because we brought up uh, someone having a heart attack, I, all respects, rest in peace, Coach Leach, um, what I want to say uh, this morning, I got a phone call from an old coworker of mine. I used to work for a company with painted lines on highways. Um, and I got a phone call from an old coworker of mine. And that type of business is a tough business, drives you into the ground. Um, there was a guy that I worked with a couple years ago. Um, it's not just one of the best people I've ever met in my life. His name was Sean Albert. He was in his mid to late 40s. Um, they got back from a job this morning and he got out of the truck to go fuel the trucks up for the end of the night for the next crew. And, uh, he died of a massive heart attack 
And uh, so I stopped working for this company a couple of years ago and uh, Sean and I stayed in touch. Uh, we didn't call each other every day or every week or even every month. But when we talked, we talked for like an hour, you know, we just couldn't get off the phone talking about our kids. And he's, he's got a young 12 year old son. And uh, no matter hard, how hard things got out on that job, and Eric's worked that type of job. Things get rocky out there. Uh, Sean always had a smile on his face. Uh, he didn't have a mean bone in his body. Um, you know, he was just a really good guy. It's a hell of a surprise because he was in uh, some pretty good shape, you know, and uh, a lot of people from my old job, especially some guys who worked with him for 20 something years are rocked right now. Old company shut down for the day. Um, so I just wanted to take a moment while we were talking about something like this, just to say, you know, rest in peace, Sean. And uh, I love you, brother. And, and I wish wish I got to have one of them hour long conversations with you just one more time. Hmm. And this guy was yeah. a great dad. He always, I mean, every time we'd be in the truck on our way to a job, uh, we always stopped at Wawa when we left the shop and uh, he'd be FaceTiming his son, you know, just really good dad, very involved in his kid's life. Uh, loved his son so much. Uh, always just so proud of him, you know, I, I, I'm not just saying because he just passed away. Like this guy was one of those guys. He's just one of the, you know, one of the best people I ever met. You know, he always checked up on you. Always wondered how you were doing. Checked up on your family. So just a really good guy. So I just wanted to pay my respects here, uh, since the topic sort of came up. But, uh, I thank you guys for listening. And uh, I gotta Absolutely. get going. Well, let's do one thing before we let five go. Congratulations, buddy. You said it earlier in the week. You're going to have a baby girl, bouncing baby girl. Congratulations, brother. Thank you very much. I just want you to know when my wife was pregnant the first time with my son, as soon as she told me she was pregnant, I said, we're having a boy. She said, there's no way you know that. I said, I know. We're having a boy. And uh, when she was told me she was pregnant this time, I looked at her and said, I don't know. I got a feeling this one's a girl. So I'm two for two, baby. I should. I wish I could have parlayed that. <laughs> Money, you know? <laughs> well, listen. Speaking speaking of records, you have anything on the uh, on the Devils' recent slide here? Um, you know, it's a little not like the Giants were expected, but something like this was expected. I mean, he had two overtime losses and a regulation loss, so there are three losses in a row. Um, they still got a pretty good lead in the Met. That you know, they're a young team. So these are the times when they're going to face some adversity. Um, I think it's the Flyers that they have next. They do have a tough schedule coming up. Uh, and within a couple of games, they got to face the Bruins. And, and that's going to be a real test because the Bruins have been playing lights out hockey. And uh, another thing is uh, Alex Ovechkin scored a hat trick uh, last night to get himself to the 800 club, which is now Wayne Gretzky at, I believe, 894. Gordy Howe. Is like eight oh one. Did you hear the call though? Did you watch it on ESPN by any chance? Did you hear the call? I I didn't. Okay, if you get a chance, go back and listen to the call. Uh, I forget who it is, Steve Levy or whoever's doing the call, and they had uh, Chelios on doing like the color commentary. Chelios absolutely murdered the call. He stepped all over Levy. Levy is trying so hard to like. Make the call and literally Chelios, right as it happens, that's it. Number 800. Oh, there it is. And like, oh my God, dude, completely, absolutely wrecks the call. 
Like my favorite. I mean, Levy was still a professional about it, still kept going and like tried to like make it through and like. But if you go back and listen to it, like the fact that that call is going to be there for like all time for people to listen to, I mean, that'll be a call that's probably like in the Hall of Fame when they mention his 800 goal. They might have like a little clip of it. Like that audio is something that is absolutely brutal. You got to check it out. Well, you know, that that call may be irrelevant if what people think is going to happen happens. And that's within two or three years. Uh, he breaks Gretzky's. Gretzky's, I think, is 894. 897. So he's a couple 50 goal years away and he's still got that in the tank and the Capitals are actually doing right by him. And they said, we will not break this team down and rebuild this team until Alex Ovechkin breaks that record. So they are trying to keep the talent that they have that he's used to around him. He's basically running the organization until he breaks it. So they're not going to break down. They're not going to trade away their big name players like Nicholas Backstrom, the guy who's fed him for most of his career. Even if he breaks the record, though, would he? He's not going to be considered the greatest of all time, I don't think. No, but he'll be considered possibly the greatest goal scorer of all time. Gretzky will still be the great one. He will still be the greatest player of all time. Um, just points alone. I mean, just ridiculous amount of points. And, and I'm not sure that that will ever be broke. Record will ever be broken. But goal scoring wise, see, Gretzky was a creator. A lot of, you know, he did score a lot of goals, obviously, at 890 some odd goals. But he was a creator. He made things happen. So he got a lot of space and respect. Ovechkin is a goal scorer. Um, and you got to remember, he was hampered by a lockdown year. He was hampered by a COVID year. Maybe even two lockdown years, if I think about it. So he's had a couple things throughout his career that have sort of slowed down that goal scoring pace. Uh, it's a different kind of hockey right now. Um, he's played a little bit. Uh, he doesn't have somebody out there to protect him. He does get the respect. Gretzky always had the protection around him. Um, it's, things are a little different, but the game is a little more open than it was when Gretzky played, although Gretzky is the one who opened it up throughout his era. So there's a lot. Gretzky will always be known as the guy who he kind of changed the way the game was played. Everything was kind of north-south, and Gretzky put a little east-west twist on it. And So he'll always be the great one. But he did say, Gretzky said, once Ovechkin gets close to breaking that goal-scoring record for career goals, he's going to start traveling with the Capitals to be there to congratulate him. Uh, when it happens, because that's what Gordy Howe did for Wayne Gretzky, and that's what Wayne Gretzky's going to do for Alex Ovechkin. Let me ask you this. Greatest player of the last 20 years? Oh, man. It's hard, because, you know, he's the goal scorer, and he, for a little bit of his career, for actually a good portion of the beginning of his career, he was a detriment to his team defensively, because all he cared about was scoring. And then he, the year they won the Cup, he couple years before that, he kind of bought on to playing the full 200-foot game. So, I can't. I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can say that because I put a guy who may not have had the same numbers as him, but I put like a Datsuk up in that level because Datsuk played a 200-foot game. I like Datsuk. Datsuk had hands so smooth as silk. Uh, he was a game-changing player. He was one of my favorite players of his era, and um, he played – he was consistent through your own zone, the neutral zone, and the offensive zone. So there's a lot of players that I think they have their own skill set. Um, Sid the kid? 
Sid, as far as a leader and being able to lead your team to cups, absolutely Sid's up there. But it's a, it's a really hard one to think about. And that was a big battle between them was between Ovechkin and Sid. Who was better? But Sid, Sid was able to get some cups under his belt, whereas Ovechkin, I believe, had one. Um, hmm. I'd have to double check that, but I think it is only one. Is that more to this? Is that more to the supporting cast that Crosby had? Because Crosby did have Malkin with him for the majority of the time he's been there. He had Malkin, and Malkin was usually on a separate line from Crosby, so they did have that one-two punch of depth. <laughs> um, but as the captain of the team, you still need to be able to help them get over the hump in certain situations. And um, just for when he was in his prime years, and now he's on the tail end of his career. But when he was in his prime years, I mean. That guy scored big goals in big moments. Um, so did Malkin. But Crosby seemed to always rise to the occasion. And you got to give him that. Mm. Um, and he was great. You know, I didn't like him at first. So I thought he was a crybaby. But uh, he was really good with kids. Um, you know, he walks around with a marker in his pocket so that he can sign things for kids. My brother's team was playing in Buffalo. I may have told you guys this story before. My brother's team was playing a national tournament in Buffalo. Pittsburgh was in town to play the Sabres they were staying in the same hotel in Embassy Suites there and uh, his kids I think were about 9, 10, 11 years old and quick witted kids triple A hockey players very smart kids uh, very quick um, always cracking jokes um, so they were sitting at the fifth floor I think it was looking down at the bus to try and see the players get on the bus and um, all of a sudden come and walk around the corner behind them was Crosby. One kid noticed, jaw hit the floor, started pushing the other kids. They were speechless. And Crosby actually walked up to them and spent five minutes with them and like joked with them and laughed with them, signed some things for them. Uh, he didn't have to do that. He could have kept walking by. But he hung out with the kids and he, he said, you know, make sure you listen to your coach and make sure you back check and all that good stuff, you know. So it's just not to go off on a tangent. But I do have to get going because we're – it is bedtime in my house for the little guy, and I'm probably in trouble for being on so long as it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, once once again, congratulations on the good news for you this week, buddy. Oh, he's off. Okay. That was Eric Pfeiffer, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being with us here tonight. All right, um, Eric, did you have anything else you want to throw on hockey-wise? No, I'm good. I, I figure maybe we get a couple minutes basketball-wise in with Dave. I don't know how he's feeling about his Bulls, but two of the next three or the next two games in a row are against the Bulls. I believe they're on right now. I'm not sure what, what the game's doing, um, but not sure if he's even into his Bulls. I know we haven't talked much basketball this year, so I'm not sure how much paying pay attention uh, any of us are doing to it. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Next one, the last four in a row. Um, 14 and 13 right now, not doing too bad. Bulls, I think, are 11 and 15. Um, so yeah, kind of uh, the only other place I was thinking about going. Mm. Dave, yeah, I mean, the, the Bulls have not been anything uh special, they've just been extremely inconsistent. Um, so I guess you could say they've been consistent at being inconsistent. That's about it. Um, you know, right now you, you got, you know, you're, you're clear. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing basketball wise that I've, I've been seeing is just the dominance that Joel, uh, Joel Embiid's been playing with. Um, I think he's averaging like 37, 13 and like five, uh, over his last like eight games. Like he's just playing out of his mind. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that, that's been really kind of the big story so far in the NBA. 
Uh, right now, the Knicks are up 12 with 420 left in the second quarter. Uh, I've had the game on the whole show, and uh, the Knicks, I get a feeling the Knicks are going to run away with this one probably by like midway through the third quarter. Uh, they just look like the team, uh, the better team. They're shooting the ball better. Uh, they're last in the league in three point percentage, but right now I think they're shooting like 58% from three. So, um, yeah, uh, besides that, the big thing with the NBA, I thought it was cool that came out, uh, I think it was yesterday, is <clears throat> they're renaming all of their uh, trophies. Um, so now it won't be just the MVP. It's the Michael Jordan MVP trophy. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon got the de- is the Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Um, I'm just trying to remember some of the other ones. Um, I'm, looking but- at, I'm looking it up for you right now, just to try to help you out there a little yeah. bit. Like the Jordan one's really cool. It, it's uh, it weighs. I think it's. I sent you guys the the picture of it. Um, let's see. I got I got it here. So it's twenty three point six inches hot, uh, tall, and weighs twenty three point six pounds to represent his jersey number and the number of rings. Um, twenty three point faceted crystal ball, a nod to his jersey number. 15 degree angle base, a nod to his 15 season career, five sided base, a nod to his five league MVPs, six sided nameplate representing his six championships. Like, I think, like to not only name it, but to be that conscious of how you're putting the trophy together is just badass to me. And I think they're doing it for every single one of the trophies. Mm -hmm. And just to go down the list for you, so Kareem Abdul Jabbar gets the league's social justice champion award. The Akeem Olajuwon trophy is for the best defensive player of the year. The Will Chamberlain trophy is for the rookie of the year. The John Havlicek trophy is for the sixth man of the year. The George Mikan trophy is for most improved player of the year. And another new award, in addition to Kareem's award, Jerry West... Uh, the Jerry West Award is for the Clutch Player of the Year. That's an interesting trophy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Overall, I like the fact that they're doing this, though. The fact that they're honoring some of the greatest players of all time. I like that. And you're doing ones yeah, that aren't exactly. Trophy, you're starting to get a little too objective. How do you measure that? Yeah. I agree with you on that. I just I like the fact that they're naming it after players that are not just the biggest names like John Havlicek, George Mikan, Jerry West. I feel like those are, have become lesser known names to this newer generation. Like the kids out there may not know that. So I like the fact that they're honoring all of history, not just recent history. I agree with you, though, Eric. Clutch is a hard thing to quantify. I'm with you on the naming part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kobe, last first ever Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP. So Kobe's in there, too, with the All-Star Trophy. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I thought that was pretty cool, and I'm glad to know you guys do, too. Um, but, yeah, that's really the only thing basketball-wise. You got France and Argentina. Uh, the final match of the World Cup is set. Uh, so this Sunday, France versus Argentina. <coughs> uh, so you got that. Fuck the French. <laughs> well, the French. How do, uh, how do you really feel, Eric? 
Yeah. Uh, the French are the first team to make it back to the World Cup final after winning it uh, since Brazil did that in 1998. And Messi already came out from Argentina saying this will be his last World Cup and he's never won one. And uh, I think if he does, it has a good chance of buying him as maybe the best uh, soccer player uh, that at least has been a part of our generation. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't have much to throw in on that one. I have not paid attention to a lot of the World Cup there. Eric, I don't know if you have. I'm going I'm to take that as a no. Sorry, did I cut barking in the background. I just didn't want to barking. Um, but no, I mean, I paid attention to what's going on in the World Cup. But at the same time, like, I picked Brazil to win. The U.S. is out. Croatia's out. A lot of the other countries I would care about are out. Holland, whatever, for Fife, you know. So, with all those countries being out, I guess let Messi get out with an extra one or, or with one, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Fair enough. All right. Did, uh, Dave, I'm going to give you the opportunity. Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up tonight? Um, if you don't, I'm going to baseball. So, do you have anything else you'd like to bring up? No, nah, I'm good, my man. Okay. Well, I will still start with you because, again, we talk about this all the time. You're the casual observer of baseball. I know me and Eric probably have a lot to say about what's gone on in the last week here. Aaron Judge did, in fact, re-sign with the New York Yankees for nine years, $360 million. The New York Mets, boy, they, they were busy last week. When we went to air last week, Justin Verlander had already signed to replace Jacob deGrom. And then the Mets throw all this money around. Brendan Nimmo resigned for eight years, $162 million. They get Jose Quintana, two years, $26 million. Edwin Diaz had been resigned for five years, $102 million earlier in the offseason. Uh, they make the trade for a left-handed pitcher. They get David Robertson for a year at $10 million. They get the um, Japanese pitcher, uh, Kota Senga. For five years, $75 million, he's gotten opt out after three years, spending $428 million, $428.6 million so far this offseason. In an offseason where Trey Turner signs with the Philadelphia Phillies 11 years, I believe $300 million, Xander Bogert signs with the San Diego Padres 11 years, $280 million. Last night, Carlos Correa signs with the San Francisco Giants, I believe, three, 13 years, $360 million. Dave, you hear all this money getting thrown around. What do you think about this? I really wish I was good at baseball. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> just not that. I mean, I guess we go with the show mantra. Baseball's doing all right. Yeah. I was wrong, by the way. I had the wrong year here. The Mets have actually spent $461.7 million this offseason. So, <clears throat> did you have any other thoughts, though? I don't know if I cut you off there. No, nah, I'm good, my man. <clears throat> okay. I want to put the Eric, obviously, we'll talk uh, about your Yankees here. I want to put. Huh? huh? Yeah, I because uh, I gotta say, at least Heyman was was wrong in the reporting, thankfully. Um, but like I said, it came down to the, the money, and 
exactly what I said. It, this didn't come down to Cashman. I'm sorry to cut you off. Sorry to jump on what you were going to say next. But oh, it came down to Steinbrenner like, reaching out. Yeah, it is. It was. It was Steinbrenner reaching out. It was Hal that got the deal done. And literally, yes. I think he told Jeff Passan. I have the quote here. Hang on a second. I thought I had the quote anyway. Um, Shit. I don't have the quote. But anyway, pretty much Hal called him and said, what is it going to take to get it done? Uh, you know, Judge said, I want to be here. Judge said, well, you know, he said, what's it going to take? Judge said nine years. He said, done. Nine years, 360 was done. You know, and it was, you know, and it took Hal getting it done. Cashman didn't get it done. So that still worries me. But at the same time, I like hearing that Hal stepped up and did something. So, and, and went out and got the player that he knew was important to the franchise, regardless of what Cashman was trying to do. Um, he went out and made the deal happen. So I'm happy there. But other than that, we haven't done shit. When our biggest offseason signing pretty much so far, other, other than judges, Cashman, we're not doing right. We're not, we're not improving this team right now. And, you know, yes, I know that they have a lot of money invested in Judge and Cole and Stanton, but that's just the way baseball is going now. Three, $30 million contracts are getting to be the norm. 20 mm-hmm. to $30 million for guys that are average at best is getting to be the norm. You know, so you can't get afraid of the numbers. Uh, you know, the Tatis number, or the, not Tatis, but the Korean number scares me only because of 13 years. You know, nine is, is scary enough. 13 is like, what the fuck? Like, 13 years is a long time for anybody to be, you know, that like that tied to one player. Mm-hmm. Um, although you have to think about it, 13 years from now, that contract is probably going to be a manageable contract. So, um, and yeah, he's I, only going to be 41 at that time because Correa is 28 right now. It's 41's old though. It is, it is 41. I mean, but again, yeah, if they want a guy who's a cornerstone, if they want a guy who fans are going to come and see, you know, who plays hard every day, you know, then that's what they're going to get. And, uh, you know, I'm just happy that he's he's out of the AL. I mean, I know we'll have to see him with the Giants, but not much. And, you know, not until, you know, hopefully a World Series, if that. So, um, but, yeah, the money in baseball is fucking insane. But, uh, yeah, and guys like Cohen, I mean, the Mets could have hit a $400 million payroll one of these years. They only hit it this year. It could be next year. But yeah. They're going to flirt with it. Well, before I get to Cohen and the Mets there, I, I'll say this. I feel like for a while it was getting to be the norm that teams weren't signing people to the long-term deals. They were doing shorter-term deals with a lot of money in terms of average annual value because of the luxury tax now. Now you're seeing the stretched-out deals, whether it was Judge with the nine years. And I don't know if you heard this, but the Padres did try to offer Judge a contract. Apparently it would have been 14 years, $440 million dollars, and baseball said they would have vetoed that deal because it was an obvious attempt to circumvent the salary, uh, the luxury tax by going with the lower average annual value. And that's yeah. why the, the, the lower AAV, that's why the Bogart's 11 years. That's why the Turner 11 years. That's why the Correa 13 years. But the length of these deals is ridiculous. Like, I, I and I'll bring Nimmo into this one because Eight years, I mentioned at the time, I thought the years was a little long. But what you said about 20 to $30 million contracts becoming the norm, like Nimmo got $20 million a year. I don't I, I don't have a problem with $20 million a year for Nimmo because good leadoff hitters are hard to find. And he's one of them. In my opinion, Nimmo has become one of the top three leadoff hitters in baseball. 
And he worked his ass off to become a really good center fielder. And I, I watched that highlight of him banging into the center field wall to make that catch against the Dodgers at the end of August that he made. I watched that on like a loop like 10 times. Like that was an amazing catch. He wouldn't have been able to do that five years ago. He's the type of guy who's put the work in. He's worth that. Eight years? That scares me a little bit. Not going to care about it if we wind up doing what we should do and win a championship over the next couple of years. So before I give my thoughts uh, fully on the Mets and Cohen here, do you have anything you want to throw into what I just said, Eric? Okay. Or did I get – I don't think I got cut off again. Everybody's on mute. Okay. Yep. No, you're right. good. I was going to say, no, I would rather get I, – I, actually, I would rather get Dave's opinion on this because me and you can go on the, with the minutiae of this topic forever. I want to know, does this, like, as a, as a casual baseball fan, the average annual value, the money that's getting thrown around, do you care about any of this? Is something – is the amount of money that something that grabs your attention – is it where these players are going that's grabbing your attention? Is none of it grabbing your attention? Like, as a casual fan, what's coming across to you? Like I said before, really, baseball, it just, you know, mantra of the show, baseball is doing all right. I'm happy Judge stayed with the Yankees, so I know that made all my friends that are Yankee fans happy. Um, overall, though, I really could care less, like, literally. <laughs> I mean, it's not my money, and I'm probably not going to spend any money to help pay those contracts either. So all things since, I mean, I guess technically towards TV, I'm helping a little bit. Um, but outside of that, you know, I, unless I get it, like I'm not buying tickets to a Mets game or a Yankees game. Like if I'm going, it's because somebody has a well, free. Hold on. Let me ask you. <laughs> this is a perfectly fair question. Would you buy tickets to a Mets or Yankees game for, say, just gonna give a round value here. Either game, either stadium, whatever. Good seats. You know, you're not you're not gonna be up in the nosebleeds. Hundred bucks a ticket. It could or, be. It or could be. would you rather pay forty two dollars and go and see the Broncos and the Cardinals? <laughs> uh, I, I do. I have to pay anything for travel fees to go see the Broncos and Cardinals. No, but you say, would be yeah. seeing Rip, Rippin and whoever the fuck, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. You would be seeing a Colt McCoy Rippin matchup, I as opposed pay, to. I, but you're gonna, I, but you're gonna pay forty two bucks plus. You're gonna pay whatever you know. You are gonna have to pay for parking too. So whatever stadium parking is, whatever you're drinking or eating, you're gonna have to pay for. But I'm saying, just for its ticket value, are you paying the forty two dollars, or would you say pay? A hundred dollars to see a, and I'm even going to put it this way: a Met Braves or Yankees, say Red Sox matchup. You know what's really funny is I have been to both baseball games and football games, and I can definitely say without a doubt that baseball games are actually more fun to go to. Um, just crowd is more interactive. It, it's a little bit more of a chill. I mean, hell, you've seen pictures and video of people sitting there reading books uh, at a baseball game. You, you've never seen that at a football game. Um, and, like, and drinking beer out of a hot dog. Uh, the, the, oh, God. 
the the crowd is definitely something different at a baseball game. The football game, people definitely are more invested. Um, yeah, with all that said, I'd, I'd spend the 42 for a football game. I just they, they there's nothing about baseball that moves the meter for me. Wow. Even, even, you have more fun when you go there and you're wait, going to wait, see I, Rippin and Colt McCoy rather than say like Scherzer or DeGra or Scherzer or Verlander pitch for the Mets. Like, I don't know. I'm I, I to me, I, I I can't I like to me though I couldn't pick the football game and that choice like I can't pick the football game. Yeah, I mean I've I've no I just I've been to three baseball games in my life. I never paid for a single ticket, and that's partially why I had so much fun. Hmm. Okay. All right. So there's a couple different areas I want to go here. We're talking about the Mets real quick. So. I think both the Mets and the Yankees have spent a lot of money this offseason to kind of stay where they were at the end of last season. I think the Mets may have gotten a little more potential with this Senga guy, even though it is a Japanese pitcher and it's very hit or miss. Eric, you can speak better than anyone. You guys have seen the success of Masahiro Tanaka and guys like Hiroki Kuroda. You've also had Adeki Rabu and Keigawa, and obviously the Mets attempts at the Japanese players were Suyoshi Shinjo and Kaz Matsui. So there's a good side. There's a bad side. Who the fuck knows? At the end of the day, I'm happy with the, what the Mets got. It's a fuck ton of money, and the Mets are going to have to pay like $70 million in luxury tax fees. But God damn it, it's about fucking time that the Mets have the highest payroll in baseball. And you guys, I, I, my hope is that, and for you, Eric, I say this solely for you, the, the Mets spending, I really wanted to light a fire under Steinbrenner and be like, wow, look at what the Mets are doing. We need to do the same thing. I was hoping you guys would get Correa and Rodon. You guys still got a shot at Rodon. We'll see what happens there. But to put in perspective what Steve Cohen has done over the last three years as owner of the Mets. So from 2009 to 2019 the offseason of 2019, which was the last offseason that the Wilpons ran the Mets, the Mets spent $1.322 billion in new player salaries. From 2020, the offseason of 2020, which was the offseason that they got Francisco Lindor and gave him the $341 million contract, to now... Steve Cohen has spent $1.143 billion in player contracts. So in three years, the Mets have spent only $200 million less than what they spent in the preceding 10 years before it. That's insane to think about. And anybody saying what Steve Cohen is doing is bad for baseball, two things. Number one, you know good and hell well that the small market owners that don't want to pony up the money for player contracts are going to have some heavy fees and new tiers and everything in the next CBA agreement and all that shit to curb this shit. But at the end of the day, what Cohen is doing, what the Phillies are doing, what all these big market teams are doing, any 
team in baseball is capable of, but they don't want to do it. And I hope every small market team fan gets to experience what I experienced last week with all this spending. I don't know if it's going to amount to anything. I feel like it's either going to be really good or we're going to get another book about the third worst team that money can buy by Bob Klappich and Eric's buddy, John Harper, um, because they're the guys who co-wrote the first book uh, and Klappich wrote the second book. I, I feel like it's either going to turn out really good, really bad, but the great thing is that this hasn't been money just thrown around frivolously because the majority of these contracts come off the books in two years. There are only five players guaranteed money past the year of 2024. I believe it's Lindor, it's Diaz, it's Nemo, it's Senga, and Marte is signed through 2025. So this is set up really well for them. To, to be competitive over the next two years. They still got a shot at Shohei Otani and Juan Soto when they hit free agency over the next couple of years. And if the farm system develops, which God help us, I really hope it does, they're set up to compete in the short term and the long term using the model that the Dodgers used. And hopefully it works out better for the Mets than it's worked out for the Dodgers. That's all I'll say, because right now, they haven't been able to do anything, even though they signed Noah Syndergaard. <clears throat> Good job there. Uh, because they're waiting on the decision of whether or not they have to pay Trevor Bauer's money um, that they they were on the hook for last season because he got the two-year suspension and everything. But great offseason for the Mets. For your sake, Eric, I'm hoping for a little bit more for you Yankees there. What do you say? No, you didn't cut out, Mike. Yeah, I no, know. My I, phone I, went to, I'm sorry. My phone went to mute again. Mm-hmm. What do you say? So, uh, I say the Yankees offseason's been shit. I say that. I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my head around the question. What was the question again? Sorry. I mean, it wasn't really a question. It was more of a response to what I said. But if I'm going to sum it up in a question, what do you think of the Mets offseason so far? Better than the Yankees. I mean, I guess that's the point I was trying to drive across. Is mm. that at least you, you guys have made some moves, you've done some signings, you've tried to do some things where we have done. Mm. And we have re prioritized re-signing Cashman rather than prioritizing um, the things we should be prioritizing. Mm. Uh, like pitching and more hitting. And I mean, they can't just think that it's all going to get solved with Lopey and, you know, Peraza coming up next year. I hope it is. But at the same time, we do need some players. Donaldson isn't the guy. Other people aren't the guy. So we're going to have to figure it out. But uh, they're going to have to do something to get it figured out. You know what I mean? As of right now, they haven't made any moves. So. If I had to match up off seasons, give me the team that made moves over the team that just re-signed their biggest player and their GM. How disappointed were you when you saw Correa went to the Giants? Uh, not really disappointed at all, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't you wouldn't have wanted him? Giants I didn't really want to pay that money for him to be a Yankee when we have young guys down there. That could do the job. Um, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I say if they're serious about it, give the kids a chance. But in the meantime, try to find moves for Donaldson. Try to find moves for even Torres at this point, and see what we can get back and and start to build again. Hmm. Fair enough. Last I'll say is I don't think the Mets are done for this offseason. They, they've made good moves. They still need one or two bull, arms in the bullpen. God damn it, I want them to get a righty bat for DH. So I hope they're able to do that. All right. I think with that, does anybody have anything else tonight? Because if not, I think that will end it for us. No, I mean, that's all I got. I mean, even pop culture-wise, haven't seen much out there um i haven't been able to watch too much tv or anything else to well you know guys know about any shows and uh to be honest i, I really, got a movie i got a movie I, can i throw yeah, this in it's not avatar because i gotta be honest i'm just still not super psyched to see avatar so mm. i'm gonna uh wait and see how that plays out but um yeah i'm gonna uh mm. hope well that... oh i'm sorry i got it no, I'm going to hope that, you know, eventually if I do see it, it turns out to be good. But other than that, I don't know uh, what else is really out there. Unless you, you said you got a movie. Let me hear it. Did the wire? Well, you got to you got to give me a second there, but you guys go ahead real quick. Oh, I was going to say, I thought the wire, was he going to tell us the wire came out with a movie? Is there a new <laughs> documentary on the wire that we got to check out? Oh, my God. Well, we have a minute here, Dave. Let's play a game, me and you. What do we think Mike's movie is going to be? I mean, there's a new horror movie with the Grinch where he kills people instead. And is you know, girl, you know, it's going to be a, like a psycho thrill, you know, not a psycho thrill, but like a horror type. Like, What about that bad, that bad, bad Christmas Um, movie? What what about that one new uh, Christmas movie where the, uh, Dude from Stranger Things plays uh, Santa Claus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Harbor, David Harbor. What yeah. about? It could be, or I mean, it could be. Uh, you know, he's kind of an art tour. Maybe he want. Maybe he's gonna tell us to check out the whale. I haven't Brendan seen Frazier, that one. The, revir- the revival of Brendan Fraser, Mike. I don't know if you're back now, but we're playing. Me and David yeah. playing a quick game of. Can we guess what Mike's movie was? He was that he was gonna throw at us. Well, I, I apologize for that, guys. Uh, my guy Lupe just hit the emergency stop button on the embroidery machine, so he was a little scared there. Uh, I told him what to do. I think we're okay there. Now, the movie, and those were some good guys. Did I hear the Santa Claus in there? I've never seen one of those movies. No, no, no. The one where uh, Harper. David Harbour, Violent Night. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard of that. No, no, it's 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 none of those. No. The Grinch you guys horror are J- movie, I guess, as well, because apparently they're coming out with a Grinch horror movie, as well as I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen the trailers for Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, yeah, I have no. Yeah, I I have no interest in that. I'm fine with Pooh not being a mass murderer. I'm fine with that. Um, nah, we're all Kevin Smith fans here. Are we going back to Cocaine Bear? Didn't we talk about that one last week? We might have. I- I don't remember talking about that. No. Um, have you guys seen the trailer for it, Dave? Have you seen the trailer for Cocaine Bear? Yeah, the bear just rages. <laughs> yeah, it's funny as shit. It looks funny as hell because you know it's not true. And you know it's like they say like loosely based on a true story. And apparently like there was a bear in Tennessee and he ate like 75 pounds of coke and like died. 
but didn't go on a rampage like that. But uh, it would be funny to see if a bear did go on a rampage. So I got to be honest, I'm uh, I like semi like not looking forward to it. But if it ends up on like Netflix or it ends up on one of these streaming things that I can watch for free, I may pop it on one afternoon when I'm bored. Mm. We are all fans of Kevin Smith movies. I got to tell you guys, I saw Clerks 3 earlier tonight. I was really entertained by that movie. I thought it was really well done. I had heard some things about that in terms of the story uh, a few months back that made me not see the movie right away. But I got to tell you, there's two twists in the movie. One at the beginning of the movie, one at the end of the movie. I thought it was just, I thought it was perfectly handled. And the direction he went in, I teared up a couple times because we all kind of grew up with those movies. I love those characters, and I just thought it was handled very well. So if you guys get a chance, Clerks 3 is on streaming. You can purchase it. I don't know if it's available on any streaming service for free, but I, I paid the 15 bucks to watch it on YouTube, and I got to tell you, Eric, are you entertained? I, I was entertained, man. It was, it was very well done. And that's all that matters. If you can leave a movie, a TV mm-hmm. show, a sporting event, anything feeling entertained, then that was the goal of of going and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to tell you also, it, it's nostalgia. Like I said, we grew up on those movies. So if you love those movies, they're going to be moments that really get you. And it tugs at the heartstrings. But God damn it. I thought he did a really good job with that movie. They, not neither of you guys got a chance to see it yet, right, Dave? No, nah, I, I saw Clark's the original Clark's. That, that was the only one I ever watched. Oh, you never saw the second one? No, nah, I stopped at the first was good enough for me. The second one I thought was a perfect ending to the View Askew movies at first. And the Jay and Silent Bob reboot that came out a couple years ago was okay. If you like the original movies, you'll like that one. There, There's a really good scene with Ben Affleck in it that, to me, makes the movie. This was a really well-done movie. So I, I would recommend Clerks 2 and Clerks 3. I have seen two, 1 and 2. I have not seen 3. Again, it's something that I know one day I'll catch. Um, I'll be bored and, you know, I'll find it on a streaming service. And I'm sure I'll watch it, but I just... Haven't gotten across to it yet, but again, Kevin Smith is uh, is awesome. I'm a fan, and uh, yeah, it is something I plan to catch eventually. Mm-hmm. Did I hear you bring up The Wire and ask if there was a Wire-related movie? Did I hear that at some well, I point? Just, I mean, when you said you were all excited and you're wondering if we'd seen the, you know, this, this movie yet, I just didn't know if a new like if a new Wire movie came out or a new documentary or something that you, that we just had to check out on The Wire. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, uh, not wire-based, but yeah, now Clerks 3, definitely recommend it. I'm happy I come out of it saying I recommend it because I was worried for a minute there, but well done. <laughs> All right. Did, uh, again, I'll throw it to you guys. Dave, do you have anything pop culture-wise you want to bring up? Because I feel like it's always me and Eric bringing up stuff pop culture-wise. You got anything? Uh, no, can't say I, I really do. I mean, I watched maybe some, maybe something that'll catch Dave's interest. Dave, did were you a fan of or did you see Spider Man into the Spider Verse? Yeah, I saw the trailer. I'm definitely amped for that. 
Oh, are they put out a new trailer? Who actually? I fell asleep during the first movie. Like, I, I'm a oh. rare guy who didn't find it uh, as. I mean, I thought it was good and well done, but I wasn't as crazy as a lot of other people. I literally fell asleep during it. Um, oh. I'll right, see the second, but I want to see if you're more hyped for it and what your thoughts are. Because I gotta be honest, I don't have a ton of thoughts right now because I, I probably gotta go back and rewatch the first. Like I said, I definitely fell asleep on it. That's horrible. I, I think the I think the trailer is uh, is enough to get you excited, and it, it makes it look like it's gonna not just be uh, Spider Man fighting a bad guy or multiple Spider Mans fighting a bad guy. It, it looks like it could be uh, Spider on Spider Crime if I if I saw the trailer correctly. Um, so so it could be really interesting. But yeah, no, I, I looked at. I mean, look, it's not a movie I'll go see in theaters. It's just hard to find the amount of time it takes to actually go to a movie theater and watch a movie right now. Um, so I, I don't know if I'd actually see it in theaters, but no matter what, whenever I can watch it, I will watch it. So, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. The trailer was good. I didn't even know they put out a trailer for that second Spider-Verse movie. I love that first Spider-Verse movie. I think it before uh, No Way Home came out, I would have said that was the best Spider-Man movie ever. Truthfully, I loved that first Spider-Verse movie. I'm very disappointed Eric fell asleep. Not totally surprised, though. So that's okay. But um, yeah, no, I love it. I can't wait for that second one. I just hope they don't fuck it up. So here's that. So the trailer All right. Give, give you hope, Mike. Good. Good. All right. I think with that, we can get out of here for tonight. Thank you to everybody for listening to us on all the various podcasting outlets, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Thank you to Fife for being with us early tonight. Um, and thank you guys for as always being here with me. Always, always love doing this, guys. So let's get some final thoughts. Let's get out of here for tonight. Dave Hastings. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, hopefully by next week I'm feeling 100% and can have a little bit more to give you guys. But uh, until next week. Mm-hmm. Eric Tressler. Stay sweaty, my friends. Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And I am Mike Aglialoro. Thank you all for listening. We will see you all next week.